there are two different types of madness. The first one is the Kokinakis versus Andy Murray at the Australian Open type of madness. Um, or we can also use as an example the Carlos Alcaraz versus Yannick Sinner at the US Open. A five-hour match well into the morning. That kind of madness. And and then there's another kind of madness. Then there's like... Like the, the, those examples we just used, that's a good kind of madness. Now there's another kind of madness... Where it's like, it's it's the bad kind of madness. Like, it's madness. Not in a good way, but it's just mad. This Like, in other words, this shit is crazy. But obviously not in a good way. You know, a lot of these sort of uh, expressions can be, you know, interpreted like it's either really good or really bad. It's kind of like saying, oh, it's shit, or oh, it's the shit. A little bit different, but you get it. You get it, right? Now, this other kind of madness, the bad one, let, let me explain to you what it looks like. So, you know, for the first one, we said, you know, uh, Kokinakis, Andy Murray, like, wow, madness. But, like, in a sort of complimentary sort of way. A positive sort of way. And then, to give you some examples from today of the bad kind of madness, proper madness, if you'd like, if you'd like, here we go, let's pull this up. <clears throat> Belinda Bencic. Yeah, Belinda. <laughs> yes, exactly. Belinda Bencic. One of probably the finest players this year. Uh, I believe top five in the race. Uh, what the race is, is basically... Um, it's the race to the WTA Finals. Top eight players... Uh, performing that year uh judged by points uh accumulated or points sort of acquired by playing uh uh you know matches on the tour obviously the bigger tournaments uh yield more points per win and per title of course um Belinda Bencic yes is exactly fifth in the race so she's you know technically speaking the fifth best player on tour this year Belinda Bencic, and what she did today, which was madness, the bad kind, of course, she lost to Elena Avanesian, the lucky loser. Just to sort of put it into context, this girl, Avanesian, lost to a player called Kayla Day in qualies. And Belinda Bencic lost to her in three sets. It's not like... Like, when a player loses in straight sets, like, you can totally, well, not totally, you can't, like, I was going to say you can totally dismiss it. You can't dismiss it. I mean, if, if, if Benchich lost that match in straight, straight sets, for example, like, that, you know, that also would be pretty bad. But would it be worse? I don't know. What I'm trying to say here is that if a player loses in straights, it's like, well, like, maybe it just wasn't their day, right? Like, they just, it just wasn't happening for them. Like, yeah, it was really, really bad. I'm not going to really let you off the hook. But, like, I understand, like, it wasn't it wasn't your day. It wasn't meant to be. You were shit. But the thing is, like, when you're, like, Belinda Bencic and you're a set down. And then you take the second set to send it to a decider. And with your sort of pedigree, quality, and experience. 
over a player uh, like Elena Venezian, you know, you'd, you'd, you'd expect her to win it, right? You'd expect her to win it. I think that's a shocker. That's a shocker. Um, the f I, I think really, I, even though this is crazy to say, I think it is actually insane that she lost in three sets. It would have been less crazy if she lost in straights, in my opinion. More embarrassing, but less crazy, if that makes sense. I think it does. I think it does. But this is just one example. I have a lot of examples of complete and proper madness. Madness. I said, um, Benchich and the WTAs races. Wow. Wow. Let me try that again. I said that Belinda Benchich was number five in the WTA race this year. That's actually a very hard sentence to say. Um, here's another one. Here's another one for you. Uh, I think you might know her, Petra Kvitova, who was seventh in the race this year, just won Miami like a month or two ago, lost to Elisabetta Cosireto in straights. Now, you know, that you know, like she lost in straights, you can just say, well, Kvitova clearly wasn't on, it just wasn't her day at all, like she, she didn't really get going, which is all true. Was it embarrassing? Absolutely, yes. Is she off the hook? Absolutely not. No. A little bit different, but still madness. Right? Complete madness. I have another one as well to tell you about. Um, you also might know her. Veronica Kudrametova, eighth in the race. So Belinda Bencic, fifth best player this year. Petra Kvitova, seventh best player this year. Veronika Kudrametova, the 8th best player this year, 8th in the WTA race, lost to Anna Karolina Schmidlova in straight sets, and it wasn't even close, 6-3, 6-1. Kudrametova, of course, a semi-finalist in both Madrid and Rome, playing at her favorite slam. Not only slam, but her favorite event. Her favorite tournament. According to her. And also according to her in her favorite city. And in the first round, she loses to Anna Karolina Schmidlova. Now, since this is madness, as, uh, you know, as, as I did yesterday, today I'm going to do the best thing that I saw today. The worst thing that I saw today. And the craziest thing that I saw today. But since these three matches that I just mentioned are absolute proper fucking madness, they are exempt from this little uh, segment right here. They are not allowed to partake in what we go have going on because it's madness. Okay, so I'm not going to include them in, in this sort of decision, in this activity. But... Uh, in the next segment where we go through uh, every match and, and talk about what happens today, we will, you know, address them, bring it bring, bring it up again. Even though it's madness, it, it's it's part of the recap. Okay, so we're going to do that. The best thing that I saw today, and there are actually... There are actually two contenders. Um, 
But the winner, the sorry, the the one that lost, the you know the award for the best thing that I saw today, uh, it's actually, it was, it was the best thing, but it was also pretty crazy in my eyes. So it actually is the winner of that category. So we'll talk about it then, and I'll tell you what it is in a sec. But the best thing that I saw today, you know, it has to be Yelena Ostapenko. Mm hmm. Playing against Martinsovo, like okay, uh, like a average to above average opponent, generally speaking, like you know on tour, but not in the best of form or shape or you know anything like that. Uh, odds wise, um, Osipenko was a huge favorite. The total was like eighteen and a half, I think. Uh, Sopenko was like minus 800, something like that. And I, I and even yesterday, I commented, like, I have honestly never seen Osipenko minus 800. Uh, like, not too many times, you know? Um, but anyway, Martin Siva honestly wasn't playing too bad, but she was on her Maria Sakari shit. Uh, she led by a break in both sets and lost in straights, uh, Martin Siva. So that, that's that's what we call that is the Maria Sakari. That's, that is the Maria Sakari. In the second set, she was actually up 5-1, Martin Siva, And she lost 7-5. So that's like six games in a row, which is called the Ladies' Bagel. But also, pink on those last six games, and even in the first set, by the way, she was, uh, I, I believe, down 1-3 or 2-3. Something like that. But in the second set, where she was 1-5 down and just ripped six, six games in a row to take the set and the match right there and prevent, you know, the whole decider stuff. That is amazing. That is, uh, this is why it's the best thing I saw today. This is called maturity and growth for Ostapenko. Usually, she'll just punt it. And then get after it in the third, right? You know who did that? Alexandrova did exactly that. Alexandrova took the first set against Tomova 6-1 really easy. And the second set, kind of like struggling a little bit and just not... Not really being... Not, a, not able to put her opponent away, Alexandrova, which uh, she was up against Tomova. And the girl Tomova just sort of upped her level a bit. And Alexandrova just said, like, okay, whatever. Like, you can take this set. I'm pretty sure she tanked the last three games. And she said, all right, I'll just see you in the decider. Obviously, this is a very sort of courageous approach. It's sort of uh, actually more common in the men's matches than the best of fives. Because, like, you know it's a best of five. Could be a marathon. If a, and if a set has gone away from you... Um, a lot of these men who are also bitches, by the way, they're all bitches. Um, they they conserve their energy, or and just they save themselves and their tennis for you know onto the next set type shit, which is a loser mentality. And also, and you know, Ostapenko is not a loser. Ostapenko is not a loser, man. I love this sort of mentality. Like. Yeah, I know I can just take you to a third. Like, I don't care if I drop this set, I'll beat you in three. But that's a loser's mentality. Like, I don't want to... I don't want you to win this set. I don't want to lose this set. I'll just win it right here. Like that. And I love that. But honestly, her tennis was so good. 
Ossipenko, like, that's the thing. Like, one day, one match, you can look so good. Second round, third round, quarterfinals, so good. And then just at any given moment, like in the semis or whatever, she'll just, she'll biff it. And then she'll just start playing like shit, or like, like she'll get pissed and frustrated and distracted, and she's just not herself. But when she's in full on, like fully focused and seeing the ball big and fucking hitting the fuck out of it. So good from Ostapenko, so good. The most devastating player when she's on. Danielle Collins a close second, but that that sight is less and less rare these days. Now the worst thing that I saw today, and just you know, just keep in mind that Bencic, Kudrymetseva, and Kvitseva are not included in this exercise, cause it's madness. But the worst thing that I saw today was Katarina Sinyakova. Katarina Sinyakova in the first set, led by a break three times, 4-2, four oh, four and then 4-4, four four, and then broke for 5-4, served for the match, got broke, broke again for 6-5, served for the match again, got broke, went to a tie break, was down like 4-1, got it to 6-6, and then lost 9-7. And then lost the second set 6-2. <clears throat> it's the 7-6-6-2 tiebreak theory in full effect. We also saw one, by the way, and that's Contivate, exactly the same against Bernardo Pera. Uh, Pera won the first set in a tiebreak, 8-6 in the tiebreak. Second set was 6-2. It's a devastatingly good theory. But Katarina Sinyakova only served for the first set twice. And it's not like she was up like 5-2 or like 5-1 or whatever. And No, no, it's like... It's just that one break, but then she got it back. You know what I mean? Like when you're serving for the uh, set... At 5-4, you just broke at 4-4, and now it's 5-4 and you're serving, and you get broken, and then you break again to get another chance at 6-5, and you get broken again, and you have one final chance in the tie break, and you come back from 4-1 to 6-6, and you lose 9-7? Of course you're going to lose the next set, 6-2, I mean, that means you're done, you had three chances at one set, you you sort of used up all your tries. You know what I mean? Like, like it's it's done. You're 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 done. You're finished. Pretty much, essentially. For me, that was the worst thing I saw, and it was just like you know, like five double faults, so many mental errors, but poor decisions, poor shot selection, and Sinyakova is really really good, man. But some, I mean, you see her playing doubles with Krijikova like they're incredible. Like, she knows how to win. I know doubles is basically a whole different sport. But it's like, you can you can do that. You can translate that success to singles. Krijikova did it. I don't know, man. For me, it was tough. I like also Peyton Stearns a lot. She's from the same city as me 
in Ohio, Mason, Ohio, a little suburb of Cincinnati, Ohio. But I don't know, man. Sinyakova plus 185, yeah, it lost. That was the worst thing that I saw yesterday. Of course, those, you know, the madness not included. Now the, here we go. Now the craziest thing that I saw today, and it wasn't really the match or the result that was crazy, but it's sort of the overarching story, or arching if you're weird, but just the, the whole um, sort of journey up until the end of this match uh, was what makes it crazy, but not crazy in like a bad way. This is like sort of in a good way, but it's Maria Camila Osorio Serrano versus Anna Bogdan. Now, Maria Camila Osorio Serrano was the number one seed in qualifying. Uh, she's actually ranked well into the top 100, and due to the sort of rankings cutoff where they do this, um, she was, you know, just outside the, you know, direct entry to, to just get, uh, to qualify for the main draw straight away without having to play qualies. And then I forget what tournament it was. Was it? Madrid or Rome, where she actually did pretty well in a 1,000 event and obviously gained some points, went up the rankings, you know, went ahead of many players who had direct entry into the into the main draw. But was the number one seed in qualies, and obviously she's good enough, like, you know, to qualify, but she it had to be that girl, Mira Andriva, who she played in the final round of qualies in the third round. And of course she lost. And... As is the case with every slam, there's always going to be, like, some withdrawals, and that's, you know, how we have lucky losers. Um, and in any other tournament that's not a slam, the highest-ranked player who lost in the final round of qualies gets, you know, first priority. But in the grand slams, it's a draw. Like, they do a draw, sort of, between, like, the losers in the final round of qualies. Um, and there were four withdrawals at the time. And she didn't get it. And then there was a fifth withdrawal. So they do another draw for the remaining players. And she still didn't get it. And finally, Katie McNally withdrew uh, late. Uh, Kalinskaya was, by the way, the fifth one to withdraw after like the initial four, which were like Jen Brady, Badosa, Tomjanovic, and I forget who else. Why is Jen Brady like even in, in anywhere near this draw to begin with? Anyway, um... So she finally made it into the, you know, as a lucky loser, but, you know, the path that it took, it sort of made her the unluckiest of losers, uh, as quoted by the great Jose Morgado. And then she was down a set 6-3. And then she came back to win. And she's into the second round after sort of all of these uh, events that transpired, which is, I think, pretty, pretty remarkable and sort of just sums up her sort of character and and her like that's like that's so her you know like that's just how she is like just like sort of like doing it the hard way you know like what's the word like adversity dealing with adversity or, or persevering um that just sums it up completely even when you see her on court um she's exactly like that just grinds like toughs it out and I feel like off-court, like, this sort of analogy can sort of be extended. And, and you know, this whole, like, picture or story, like, when you put it together, that's it's kind of beautiful in the end. And I'm very happy for her. I feel like a lot of people are. Like, this is uh, pleasing to see for 
for her and for tennis, I think she's a delightful player, character. Um, she's inspirational. She's just uh, uh, an incredible watch, to be honest. And and her, her just her stories and her fight, her passion, her spirit. I th I think it's remarkable, and I'm very happy to see her uh, win and into the second round. Um, and just the whole journey from qualifying, from being, you know, like ranked uh, high enough to make the main draw, but then like they the the cutoff from like weeks before you gained those once you know you know what i mean like the whole thing and then the mira and driva uh, you know what I mean? and then the draw like five people withdrew and like five lucky loser draws and like you're the highest ranked player there and you also had to play the toughest opponent arguably in, in qualies which was mira and driva who would have beaten every single one of those girls by the way uh yeah it's tough no great 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 to see it and maria camilo sorry serrano's through to the second round yes sir and now to recap every match we saw today including the madness starting with kayla day versus kiki mladenovic now yesterday i didn't like suggest or recommend i i just said that if you are a tennis fan What's best to do is, not best to do, but what, what, what you could do, not what you should do, but what you could do, what you could have done, is bet Kiki Mladenovic plus 330 and absolutely forgotten about it. Forgot it. Forget that bet or ticket that you placed even exists. Do not expect any of your money back. You know, zero ROI or minus 100 ROI. And, and just forget about it. Well... I hope you did forget about it because she lost seven five six one to Kayla Day. Now I know I sort of talked down on Kayla Day's name, saying that that's who Abenesian lost to in uh, qualies. But Kayla Day, honestly, having seen a little, a very, very little bit of this match, like she can play. Like there's always like these sort of. Not newcomers, but just, like, there, there's a plethora of young talent. But, like, none of them really, like, ever, like, see it through. Or really, really properly break through. Uh, like, obviously, there's a Carlos Alcaraz. And then, like, Iga so long ago. But at the moment, like, the, the one we're currently looking at is Mira and Drivo. There's always, like, that one hot, hot topic, if you like, of youngsters. And there's just so many of them. Kayla Day could very well be one of them. By the way, Ellie Mandlik, you know, is also sort of, kind of, one of them. Um, Volinets, and you know, there's there's so many. And these are just the Americans, by the way. There are so many. We know there's like a shit ton of Czech girls. But anyway, Kayla Day, 7-5-6-1 against Kiki Mladenovic. This is probably Kiki Mladenovic's last Roland Garros appearance. Okay. Now, Madison, the, I'm such a hindsight, Harry. Like, like of course this was going to be three sets. Kaya Kanepi versus Madison Keys, the beast slayer, the spoiler, versus the girl that can only play in the USA. Of course it was going to be three sets. A girl who can only play in the USA is not going to win in straights. And the girl who's a beast slayer slash ogre slash spoiler is not going to lose in straights. So one player is surely going to lose a set, Madison Keys, because she can only play well in the USA. And one player who is definitely going to win a set because she loves spoiling shit. 
Of course it was going to be three sets. What, what is wrong with me? I'm such a hindsight Harry, though. Keys win 6-1-3-6-6-1. We talked about it. It was a trap. Bernardo Pera lost to Clara Burel last week in Strasbourg. This week she beats Annette Contavate. 7-6-6-2. Now... Good for Bernarda Pera. I think she's a piece of shit tennis player and I really, really don't like her. Is this a bad loss for Contivate or a good win for Bernarda Pera? Take three seconds to answer. The correct answer is this is a really bad loss for Annette Contivate. All things considered. Now I know the... I'm not going to be Jamaican today and say rhythm, but of course there's a clear lack of rhythm and fitness and sort of confidence and any kind of momentum for Annette Contavate. But this is a really bad loss. Usually when a player is away and misses some tournaments or like sort of underperforms in tournaments here and there, when it comes to a slam or a really big important tournament, for example, you sort of have a chance to... Get something going. Because it's a, you know, pretty big draw. Like, you're not gonna... You know what I mean? Like, you, there is a chance for you to make the third or fourth round at least. And, yeah, it's only the third or fourth round. But, it, you know, for you, it could be something significant. Baby steps. Progress. But, no. Uh, losing the first round to Bernardo Pera, I think is really bad. If you're Annette Contivate. All things considered, of course. Now we talked about it. Lucky loser Camilo Osorio Serrano wins from a set down against Anna Bogdan. Like I said, this was a tough draw and honestly a 50-50. Um, tough draw for both players. Uh, both players sort of uh, deserve better in terms of, you know, who they're, who they're up against. I know it's sort of sad that only one of them can go through. I think Anna Bogdan is, I mean, extremely sexy, of course. Is, is, that what, is that what you think I was going to say when I paused? Like, yeah, of course, I know you're thinking it too. But what I was trying to say is it's also a very exciting player to watch. And full of passion and fights and grit as well, which is perfect for the clay. And this is also her best surface. But it's tough. Congrats, of course, to Maria Camilo Sori Serrano. It had to be her, right? It just had to be. In a day full of madness and bullshit. Like, it's weird to see a result that makes sense. Pavlyuchenkova beat Linda Furvitova 6-2, 6-2. Like, that makes total, complete, perfect sense. But in a day like this, this looks like such a weird result. Does that make sense? Like, when you just see some crazy scores and results all across the board... And then you see a very normal one. It sticks out like a sore thumb. Pavlyuchenkova 6-2-6-2. Linda Frovitova is really bad. Uh, this is troubling signs for the player. I think like she was like a one-hit one wonder, sort of. They said that about Emma Raducanu and all she did was win the US Open. But Linda Frovitova, like... She won, what, some tournaments in India last year at 250? And Chennai? Come on. 
Be serious. I think she's bad. I think she's really bad. The qualifier theory debunked. Diana Yastrzemska, after playing a tremendous three matches in qualifying, and particularly in the final round against Greet Minin in a full-on Grand Slam atmosphere, packed stadium, singing, chanting, booing, screaming, gasping, a three-set win for Diana Yastrzemska. And then she loses to Donna Vekic in the first round. And Donna Vekic is one of them players that sort of kind of needs to get going a little bit. Um, so to lose in straights against her is not very good. Crazy results continue 6-love, six 6-4 six for Sloane Stevens against Karolina Pliskova. Their head's head is now 4-1 and one for Stevens. Karolina Pliskova... And the last 23 slams that she's played, the last 23 slams that she played, she never lost in the first round. I'm going to say that. And the last 23 grand slams that Karolina Pliskova has played in, she has never lost in the first round. So she won 23 first round matches in slams in a row. And that streak uh, came to an end. She lost in straights to Sloane Stevens 6 love 6 4. 6 love theory? First set 6 love theory here? Not in effect. What's the 6 love theory? When a player wins uh, the first set 6 love, it is exceedingly likely that they're going they're going to go on to lose the match, and it is 1000% certain that they will at least lose the second set. And very possibly the match. That looked to be the case. Pliskova finally got something going. Led by a break at 4-3. Was serving. And never won a game again. Broke. Got held. Got broke. In the last two games she lost from 30 love up. One time receiving. One time serving. Rough. Alicia Parks led Vondrusova to love in the first set. And I, I said to myself, there's no way, right? Like, Alicia Parks was like plus 800. I didn't better. I'm so stupid. I'm so stupid. Alicia Parks led to love in the first set. She lost the match 6-4, 6-love. Vondrusova took a little bit to get going. Once she did, it was over. Alicia Parks only 10 double faults, which is an improvement from her last match where she had 13. Diana Schneider, in a day full of fucking madness. One result that made sense. She beat Rebecca Marino 6-3-7-5. Straightforward. Easy. Nothing to see here. Of course, Belinda Bencic lost to lucky loser Avanesian. We talked about this. This girl, Belinda Bencic. Man, oh man. Lost the first set 6-3. Came back to win the second set 6-2. And, like, that's what I'm saying, like... If you win the second set 6-2 after dropping the first, with your experience, 
and 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 just you being a bad bitch fucking olympic gold medalist did, wait didn't i okay okay let me finish in the third set she was up 4-2 and she lost 4-6 this is the belinda benchett special the 4-2 to 4-6 i will never forget two years ago at the u.s open when emma raducanu won i think it was the quarterfinal or like the fourth round or something. Belinda Bencic up 4-2 against Raducanu and never won a game again. The 4-2 to 4-6, I swear to... I might, I might even be prepared to say that it's worse than the 5-2 to 5-7. I'm, I actually think so. Because it's so fucking quick. I swear to God. It's like, oh, you're up 4-2. Oh, you've lost. You know what I mean? Like, it's so real. It's so fast and real. That must be devastating. Trust me, bro. I play tennis. Vivi Grasheva versus Dalma Golfi. Viva Grasheva. Vivi Grasheva, sorry. Loki having a decent year. One of the more improved players on tour. But lately, her form has taken a slight dip. Maybe... Maybe back down to earth for Grusheva, who was flying high for a little bit. Um, so maybe it's back to reality in recent weeks. Uh, against Dalma Golfi, who's, again, one of these young players with some some promise, but I, I think, you know, her peak is sort of those, like, 250s and that. Um, but a three-cent win for Vivi Grusheva, not very convincing. 6-4, Putin Seva, Zinevska, good match. I knew it would be one of the good ones. Um, it was a good match. Nothing, you know, nothing crazy here. Uh, Putin Seva, 7-5, I think is, you know, fairly reasonable. No madness or, or anything of the sort. Um, Putin Seva last week lost to Riera in Rabat. And Zanevska has sort of been wishy-washy. Zanevska, of course, in the last two or three years, uh, one of the queens of the... 125Ks uh, played on clay and also the 250s in, in, in European clay, especially in the summer period. Like her and Anna Bondar and Anna Bogdan, actually. Like, that's their shit. That's their shit. Um, but Zinevska, like, maybe that's her level as well. Maybe that's, like, that's their peak, you know what I mean? Oh, and Shmidlova as well. But, I mean, she, you know... Beat a, beat a top 10 player in the first round. Good for her, honestly. <sighs> okay, this one I uh, this one was bad. This one was really bad. Svitolina, Trevisan. 6-2, 6-2, Svitolina. And I'm seeing on the timeline that Svitolina is back. But, like, I would just like to say that... Like, her last couple of wins have been against Martina Trevisan, Anna Blinkova, and Clara Burel. So, like, let's maybe be a little bit more serious and tone it back just, just a touch. Like, take a few steps back before we start saying crazy things like Svitolina is back. I actually saw that I said Svitolina is so back. That's so... That fucking drove me over the edge, man. 
Like she is not back in any way, and she, in any way or shape or form or any stretch of the imagination, Elias Vitalia is most definitely not back. But by no means is she so back. Like she's so back. No, 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 please. Come on, that's enough. That's enough. Good win though for her. Uh, Martina Trevisan goes from world number 26 to world number 68, losing her semi-finalist points from last year. <clears throat> Christina Kukova, I shared my little, little anecdote yesterday when I met her and spoke to her two years ago in Dubai. Lovely lady, lovely woman, very friendly. Um, against lucky lo loser Bolsova, uh, tour veteran, clay court specialist, 6-2, uh, 6-1, for Bolsova, let's call it a practice match. Now we talked about this. Peyton Stearns beats Nyakova 7-6-6-2. The dreaded 7-6-6-2. Peyton Stearns, honestly, her forehand is so fucking good. And watching more and more of her, like, she is actually really intelligent with the way she sets up points. Like, she has a lot of different ways to win a point. And when she really wants to... Oh, like, wants to, like, of course they always want to win points. But, like, once she really needs to win a point, you can see her set the point up, which is actually, like, something very um, mature of her. Like, like not mature as in, ma like, maturity, but, like, it's, like, advanced. It's, like, some advanced, like, high-level stuff. Like, something, like, that veterans do. Or, you know, like, the, the older players. Like, it takes some experience to to sort of set up or like manipulate the 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 opponent you know um sort of bait them in lull them in, you know what i mean like so good the way she does it um the way she sets up her forehand she'll she'll do like a, a lofty ball she can counter punch really well um make you think that you've got her and then she'll fucking snap snap a forehand and and, and she got you you know uh, it's really beautiful. I love that sort of style of play. Um, but yeah, good for her. Good for Peyton Stern. Sinyakova, though, incredible. I mean, she really could have won. I'm not saying she was better. She wasn't. Well, clearly she wasn't. But yeah, could have been much better. <coughs> Here we go. The only thing that I probably predicted correctly yesterday and actually got in spots on, like completely spots on, and didn't even bet it, so like why am I why am I even tooting my own horn? Carol Garcia versus Shiyu Wang. I said that it's gonna be some you're gonna see some seven sixes and shit. They're gonna go to war. This is gonna be tough. Carol Garcia uh, fucking sucks, but she especially sucks when she plays in France because she's spineless and she's scared and has no confidence and, and hates pressure because she's a shitty player and a shitty human being. And Shiyu Wang will sort of put that all aside all that noise and obnoxiousness and all that and sort of battle through and and, and, and be competitive and she was carol garcia one seven six four six six four in almost three hours the only thing that i was wrong wrong about was that she'd lose but i guess they did go to war that was one of the longer closer matches of the day a lot of them even the ones that went to three sets were Weren't even close in the end. Not even close. Anna Blinkova, 6-2, 6-love against Bonaventura. 
Bonaventure. Yeah, this is yeah. Um, Anna Blinkova, however, last year was you know impressive in the in the lower lower tournaments in the two fifties and that on hard courts. Uh, and she's always been sort of shocking on clay, generally speaking. Um, but you know, uh, one of the more improved sort of you know lower level players on hard courts. This year, however, in the hard courts so far, she's she sucked really bad. Uh, Blinkova. Um, but now she's on clay and like she's doing good again. You know, made the Strasbourg final again and then beat Bonaventura 6-2-6 love. Okay. I see. Annalena Fritzum beat Lucky Loser now Hibino. 6-3-3-6-6-4. Just, just, that's just a whatever scoreline for a whatever kind of match for like featuring two whatever kind of players you know Bia Hajaj Maya beat Tatiana Maria 6-love six 6-1 six this time last year approximately I was I'm not even exaggerating I was probably the biggest Bia Hajaj Maya fan in the world like and it not even close by the way like I was forget about the results I was the biggest Biahadad Maya fan in the world. Today, I can't stand her at all. But I'm very happy to see her beat Tatiana Maria 6-love 6-1. I'm not going to say anything because Tatiana Maria has a mom. And I respect all moms and mothers. And, you know, generally speaking, all women for sure. So I'm, I'm not going to talk down on Tatiana Maria at all. But I'm very happy to see her lose 6-love 6-1. That's all I'm going to say. <clears throat> and then, of course, we have it. Shmid Lova beat Kudrametova 6-3, 6-1. And I guess uh, not even close. Not even close for Kudrametova, uh, which is a you know shocking result. Uh, like I said a little bit earlier, she was um, during uh, some interview questions that I actually asked her myself uh, in like a fan Q&A. Asked her what her favorite, I, th I think I've said, that, I, I mean, I've definitely said this story before. Asked her what her favorite slam was or what her favorite tournament was or if she could only win one slam, what it would be. Uh, she said the French and she shed it, she, she shed it. She said it like straight away with so much confidence and like didn't even have to like pause to think. She just said it. Yeah, French Open, Roland Garros, I love it. I love being there. I love Paris. I love the city. I love the grounds. I love the clay. It's my best surface. I love playing there. I'd love to win it one day. She loses to Anna Karolina Schmidlov in the first round, 6-3, 6-1. That is so bad. That is really bad. My God, how bad that is. Ekaterina Alexandrova versus Vicky Tomova. Um, Tomova, also uh, an underrated, underappreciated player that I also like. Kind of like the Anna Bogdan vibes. Uh, not that young. Um, but sort of a late bloomer also. Playing her best tennis in her later years. Um, in the latter stages of her career, if you like. Um, that's like the nice way of saying she's old. Um, and honestly, this could have been very tricky for uh, Alexandrova. Uh, like I was saying earlier, 6-1 and then 2-6 and then 6-1. Um, so she kind of just sort of tanked the second set, I'm pretty sure, like I was saying earlier. And But I guess she was confident that she could take this. In the decider, and she did so good for her. That could have been very complicated, honestly. Um, and it's so typical of her to lose these kind of matches for some reason. 
But uh, Katya Alexandrova, honestly, she's one to watch. Uh, love her, love her a lot. Okay, now, now, okay, here we go. To, to actually talk about this, to actually talk about this match, uh, Elisabetta Kosireto versus Kvitseva. Now, yesterday, like, when I brought this up, uh, of course, the line was a trap. It was a huge trap. I told you, like, will you hold my hand and, and, and walk into this trap with me or, or no? And if you did, then, then thank you for coming with me. I appreciate your support. Thank you for holding my hand. But yeah, it was a trap. It was a trap. Now, here's the craziest thing. I was watching this match and I was actually like... You know, like... Okay, like, you know, like... Ever, like, watching on the news or if you're on Twitter or, like, if it was, like, 17 years ago if you were on Facebook and, like, someone shares a video of, like, something very grime... Or, like, someone being tortured or, like, someone being killed. And, like, seeing that shit in a movie or, like, a video game is like, oh, okay, whatever. But, like, actually seeing, like, real-life, real-life footage. <laughs> I say real-life as if, you know. But, yeah, like, actually seeing, like, someone getting murdered or tortured or ran over or shot or something. And, like, sometimes it's, like, you can't, like, bear to watch. Like, you actually, like, you, like, you just look away. Like, on the news or on Twitter. That's what this felt like. That, that <laughs> I mean, honestly, this, that's that's exactly how I felt watching this. It felt like it was 2007, and I'm on Facebook, and I'm watching someone being tortured and then killed. Like, look, I'm not even I'm not even joking. No, I'm I'm being that serious. Like, I'm not even trying to be funny. And the cra the craziest thing is, is that actually Kvitova was up a set. Sorry, up a break. Sorry, in the first set, two one. And she lost that set 6-3. She got broke back immediately. She was up serving at 2-1. She got broken back at 2-2. And just watching how that game went. And then seeing Cosioretto's celebration at the end. And, and just her face. Like the look in her face and her eyes. And sort of her body language. And the way she just trotted around for a few seconds. At that moment. That's like when. You know that Facebook video from 2006. That's like when the guy sitting in the chair getting tortured for 10 minutes gets shot. That that was it. So I had to turn the TV off. I, I, could, I couldn't. I had to look away. I, I couldn't watch anymore. And by the way, it was 2-2 in the first set. Huh? It was 2-2 in the first. It's, it's not. You're, she, she wasn't down a set. She wasn't down a set or a sets in a break. It was 2-2 in the first set. And I said, fuck, man. I can't watch this anymore. Fuck. Oh, man. And look, yesterday I said I feel so bad for Kvitsova. Or really anyone for, for someone who has to play someone like Elisabetta Kostiretto in the first That's a tough first round for anyone. And and the, and, and the key word here, first round, like what does that mean? Like it's not a tough match. Like the Elisabetta Like what that means, like in a tournament, your first fucking, like you are just pulling up to a tournament. And, it, and like it doesn't matter if you've played there before. Like, of course, Kvitsova has played there before. Experienced, veteran, of course. It was one of the main courts, you know. Like, you're no stranger to the conditions, the atmosphere, the, the grounds, the people, the cuisine. You know what I mean? I mean, you're Petro Kvitsova, but like, in a first round of a tournament, any year, like, you, you gotta, you know, like, like sort of ease into it. 
you know what I mean? Like, readjust, calibrate, shit like that. And to face someone like Elisabetta Kosciuretta, whoever you are, not just Patrick Kvitsa, that is fucking tough. If you face her in the quarterfinal, you'll beat the fuck out of her. Why? Because of you have the matches under your belt. You know, you, you, you've, you've adjusted. You've settled in. You're, you're, what's the expression? How does that go? I'm all about my expressions and my analogies. When, you're, when your boots are on the ground... Have you heard that before? Does that make sense? Does that apply here? When when like when when you've touched now I'm just gonna ruin it. I think when your boots are on the ground or when you've hit the ground running or some, something like that. Something about the ground and your feet or your boots or something. Or touching down or something. Anyway. That is a and I feel so sorry for, I felt so sorry for her yesterday. And I, I feel so sorry for her now. And I feel so I felt so so sorry for her at two two in the first set. When she when she was when she was the victim, sitting on that chair, zip tied, hands behind her back, you know, towel over her face and water being poured into her mouth, on her face under the rag, and 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 her 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 fingers were being cut off, and then at the end they just shoot her in the face. That's what that felt like. And here's a really good question. I'm actually having, and I'm not again. I'm not being funny. You know, I'm being dead serious. I actually have a question. How would you describe a a player or a person like Elisabetta Cosioreto? How how would you describe someone like that? You can take five seconds. I'll be quiet. Like for me, I try to go with my obvious answer. She's a rat. But like, and then I told myself, well, yes, of course she's a rat, but that's not it. Like, there's, some, there's something more. Like, yes, of course, there's no doubt she is a rat. That, that, was, that was never the question. The question is, how would you describe someone like that? Like, like I don't know what the word is. I, don't, I really don't. I, like, I'm, I'm being dead serious. I'm being dead serious. I wish I, wish I could explain it. Usually I I do pretty well as as you guys already know I'm I'm you know I'm quite the talker huh I, I, I but but for this I I have no idea man I have no idea wow. what words would you use to describe someone like Elisabetta Cosiereto like how how do you even go about that unpleasant Gr gritty grimy feisty but that's like a bit of a compliment, no? Ratty? Yeah, sure, but what else? I don't know. It's tough, man. It's tough. And I'm so sorry. I actually feel bad for Petra Kvitsova. That is tough. It's not that... It's not that she played well or she would have stood a chance against someone else. Honestly, Kvitsova, for much of the match, looked like... Instead of feet or shoes, she was wearing two cement blocks instead of shoes and trying to skate on ice. Can you picture that? Like, ima okay, imagine instead of feet, like, you know, at the end of your legs, imagine instead of feet and, like, toes and shit that go inside a shoe, you just had a big fucking block of cement instead of feet. Now imagine trying to run with two cement feet 
or whatever. Cement blocks instead of feet. That's what, honestly, that's what Petra Kvitova looked like today, uh, playing on the clay. And yeah, it was devastating. Her opponent certainly didn't help. Certainly didn't help. But, I mean, the effort was there. Sort of the determination, rather. But the quality wasn't. And neither were her feet. Okay, two more matches. Ostapenko, Martinsova. Like I was saying, Martinsova here, um, she did the Maria Sakkari. She led by a break in both sets. She was up by at least two games in both sets and lost in straights. The Maria Sakkari special. Um, in the second set, she was actually up 5-1, lost 5-7. Now, I don't even think that's Maria Sakkari type shit, but I wouldn't put it beyond her at all. Um, sorry, let me let me find that match. In the first set, uh, Martinsova was up. Oh, only oh, I lied to you, not by at least two games. Sorry, she was only up three-two serving, and Ostapenko broke back immediately. Actually, so Martinsova was up three-two serving, and actually lost three-six. So she lost four games in a row from there. Uh, God broke, God held, God broke, God held. Uh, but and then the second set, she went up. Here we go. She went up in the second set. For love, God broke, broke again for 5-1, serving for the set at 5-1 to make it 6-1, and never won a game again. The Maria Sakri. But honestly, Ostapenko, devastating when she's on. If she can stay focused and just locked on, like focus on the ball and nothing else, she is so fucking good. So good. So good. And I'm willing to say the best. Now again, just like many of the matches uh, from yesterday, or today rather, Ellie Mandlik versus Simona Walter, they all sort of give that sort of 250 in the summer vibe. You know what I mean? Like, you know that dead stretch between Wimbledon and the North American hardcourt season uh, in the fall, like the US Open series or whatever? Um like San Diego, San Jose, I don't know what, like all that stuff that they play for the Cincinnati, Toronto, Montreal, of course, all that stuff, DC, etc. Um, between that and Wimbledon, there's always like a bunch of disgusting ass 250s scattered around Europe. A lot of these matches today felt like they were quarterfinals straight out of those tournaments. Like Lausanne. You guys know Lausanne, Switzerland? Like, it's right next to France. Like, France-Switzerland border by the beach. Or by the sea, rather. Or ocean. I don't know. Sea, I think. A lot of these matches today are quarterfinals from those sort of tournaments. And this was one of them. This was... This was this, this actually might have been a semifinal there. Simona Walter won 6-1-4-6-6-2 against Ali Mandlik. Both qualifiers, by the way. Uh, both ranked outside the top 100. Both uh, looking to make, make strides. I prom Write this down if you like. I promise. I swear to God. I'm so sure of this. Three months from now, after Wimbledon, like two to three weeks after Wimbledon, go on Google 
or or sofa score or flash score or wherever you check like tennis scores or tennis tournaments or whatever or the wta website look at whatever tournament is being played and you will find these two girls there. I, I so, I 100% promise you. Write, write this down right now. Or tell Siri or Alexa or, or Google Assistant or whoever to remind you in exactly three months to check for Ellie Mandlik and Simona Walter and some dirty ass 250 being played on European clay. That's a good win for Simona Walter, in all honesty. Um... Ellie Mandlik, not too great this season. Um, but lately, this clay season, uh, those little 125Ks that they played like in the second weeks of Madrid and Rome for like all the players that lost, like a lot of the lower-ranked players uh, went on to play the 125K challengers. Uh, there were some in France, Spain, etc. Um, and Ellie Mandlik actually did well there. I believe she made one final and lost to Sori Cristea. Um, and obviously qualified here for the main draw, but lost to Simona Walter, also qualifier. So that's uh, tough luck for her. Ellie Mandlik, I really like her. Of course, the daughter of Mandlikova. Um, Bulgarian, I think. Or hung Hungarian? No, Bulgarian. Yeah, daughter of a former tennis player. Uh, she was really good. Now, lastly, uh, just a few more words about today and then we can look at tomorrow. So yesterday, when we were looking at these matches today, when we were sort of previewing that, um, we talked about how disgusting and gross a lot of these matches were. So I think it's a bit fair and somehow disgustingly poetic that the results were equally as disgusting to sort of reflect that. You know, that, that was the sort of the theme uh, or the, the, the overall vibe in more than one way for, it, for it today. Um, disgusting matches disgusting um uh matchups even um just disgusting stuff throughout so of course the results had to had to you know be consistent with this theme so we also had very disgusting and shocking results and we had ma madness right so that is all for today a bit of a sour day i must i must say but it's on to tomorrow. But before we look at tomorrow, of course, let's see how the draw shapes up. Early sneak peek at some second round matches after the conclusion of today's matches. Okay, so as you all know, or I mean, I guess as you all should know, that today's matches were actually a, a sort of mixture of top and bottom half. Um... So Sunday was just bottom half. Uh, today, Monday, was a bit of both. And tomorrow will just be uh, the remainder of the top half matches. So the bottom half now of the um, <clears throat> women's draw, the, all those second round matches are now uh, sort of finalized. So some results we were waiting from uh, after yesterday's matches, day one on Sunday. Uh, we now know that Jean-Jean will not be facing Belinda Bencic, but she will actually be facing Elena Avanesian. Lucky loser through to the second round. Well, that's actually great news and a great draw for Elena Avanesian, but it's even better news for Kaya Mukova. Now Kaya Mukova does not have to face Belinda Bencic, and her draw gets a lot easier all the way to the quarterfinal. Um, 
Kaya Mukva now next has Podoroshka, which I think should be good. And then in the third round, she has Sara Irani or Irina Camila Bigo. Most likely going to be the latter. It's going to be Bigo. And like I told you guys yesterday, that is a rematch of their match from two, three weeks ago-ish in either Madrid or Rome. I still can't remember. Um, where Bigo actually beat her in straights. Um, but I think should be good. But then in the fourth round, Kaya Mukova, if she beats Podoroshka and then Bigo or Irani... In the fourth round, she'll face either Leila Annie Fernandez, Clara Towson, Leolia Jean Jean, or Elena Avanesian. And that probably would have been Benchich, but it's not. It's one of those four. So that's actually a very straightforward path to the fourth round. To the sorry, to the quarterfinal. Now the quarterfinal could be tricky. The three she should worry most about are Jesse Pugula, Potapova. And Samsonova. But obviously she'll only have to face one of them in the quarterfinal. And hey man, look, Maria Camilo Osorio Serrano is here too. I'm just saying she's you know, she's here. I okay, we'll talk about that when we get there. But anyway, the great news for Mukova and of course for Elena Avenesian. Um not only did she beat Benchich, but she gets rewarded with a much easier match. I hope she makes something of it against Jean Jean. That's a very winnable match for Avenesian. Okay. Um, Samsonova, Pavlichenkova is now a confirmed second round match. Um, <clears throat> uh, wow, that's actually pretty good, I would say. Mayor Sharif versus Potapova, we already knew that. Uh, Elise Mertens gets Maria Camilla Osorio Serrano. Now, that is very bad news for Maria Camilla Osorio Serrano. It is not bad news, however, for Elise Mertens. Because she is so good against anyone outside the top 20. She is misconsid... Like, she will never lose... A like, she will lose to... I, I said this yesterday. Sorry, excuse me. She will lose to every single top 20 player there is. Or anyone who is playing or has the potential to be a top 20 player. But anyone else, she'll beat them. She'll beat the fuck out of them. That's Elise Mertens. That is... That is literally how, that is exactly, precisely how she makes her money. That is exactly how she earns her living. She loses to every single top 20 player and just beats the fuck out of everyone else. That is that is how she makes her money. That's how she earns her living. That is her career. And that is bad news for Maria Camilo Osorio Serrano. Now, of course, Maria Camilo Osorio Serrano displays that she can play like a top 20 player then at least Mertens is in trouble maybe potentially i'm already looking forward to that one carol garcia versus blinkova second round match honestly that's pretty enticing uh, not the most difficult opponent for carol garcia but it's someone that's recently been in like decent ish form but of course it being carol garcia all of a sudden anna blinkova is gonna stop playing good tennis and revert back to her old shitty usual self of course i know just like that Kara garcia is in the third round wow storm hunter qualifier by the way one of honestly one of my favorite players in the draw i'm just gonna say it so so you remember versus vitalino wow i can't wait i seriously can't wait 
Ostapenko versus Peyton Stearns. Wow, what a match. That is honestly a banger. They can both fucking rip it. I mean, we know Ostapenko can, but Stearns can too. I seriously cannot wait to see this matchup. Stearns hits hard. And she can generate a lot of power too and misdirection and counterpunching. I'm interested to see how she will deal with someone who hits even harder than her. Wow, that's going to be good. Vondrusova versus Daria Kasatkina, honestly a good match. Um, the biggest Marketa Vondrusova fan all of a sudden. Winner faces Osipenko or Stearns. Mm -mm -mm. Sloan Stevens gets Vivi Grasheva, that could be interesting. Shinwen Sheng gets, Put gets Yulia Putinseva, that could also be interesting. Okay, so now in the third quarter, uh, like in the top half of the bottom half of the draw, or like in the top quarter, sorry, of the bottom half of the draw, um, we said that a potential matchup there, sorry, would be Jesse Pagula versus Mukova, for example, or Potapova Mukova, or Maria Camilo Osorio Serrano Mukova, something like that. Um, in the fourth quarter, in the quarter number four, potential quarterfinals or sort of paths for the players, uh, Sabalenka Ostapenko. Wow. Um, Sabalenka next has Shimanovic and then either Fresh or Rachimova, which should be good. And then in the fourth round, excuse me, either Sloan Stevens, Vivi Grosheva, Putinseva, or Shinwon Sheng. Honestly, looking exceedingly likely that it's going to be Sloan Stevens based on recent events. Shinwon Sheng, I'm not a believer. Uh, Putinseva, yeah, no. And Vivi Grosheva not playing too good anymore. So it's looking like a Sloan Stevens, Sabalenka fourth round, and then winner makes it to the quarterfinal to face... Ostapenko maybe? Ostapenko has Stearns next in the second round. And then in the third round, either Vondrusova or Kasatkina. You know, like... Uh, you know? <laughs> and then in the fourth round, it'll be either Svitolina, Stormhunter, Blinkova, or Caro Garcia. Caro Garcia is like uh, a bit of a dark horse, but like... Uh, ew. It's so ill. Come on. Like, I'd love to see Ostapenko Sabalenko fourth round. That would be fireworks, man. That would be electric. That'd be so, so good. Um, yeah, so after the first round, here is my forecast for the bottom half of the draw. Ostapenko beats Sabalenka in the quarterfinal. And in the other quarterfinal from the bottom half, Mukova beats Pagula. To set up a Mukova, Ostapenko, semi-final, and I don't care who wins, as long as they go on to win the title, I'm happy. Especially if it's against Rebakan in the final. Wow, what a dream that would be. What a dream that would be. Okay, now to review some of the early top half of the draw uh, second round matchups. Um... Shumidlova is through, and Bolsova is through, so that's a second round match. Straight out of Lausanne, or Potorosh, or whatever. That's a 250 second round match, not a Grand Slam second round match. One of them's a lucky loser, and one of them just beat Kudrametsova. What? That's a second round match. And the winner will go on to face, in the third round, either Kayla Day or Madison Keys. That'd be some upset for Kayla Day.
Honestly, decent little section here for Madison Keys, honestly. She gets Kayla Day, which I think, you know, should be beatable. And then in the third round, Madison Keys would get Shmidlova or Bolsova, which I think is, you know, doable. Um, Alexandrova is through. She gets Annalena Fritzum. Diana Schneider is through. Schneider, Schneider. And she gets Beatrice Hajajmaya. Wow, that's some test for poor Diana Schneider. I hope she doesn't. I hope she can beat her. Um, winner, winner will face Alexandrova most likely if she can beat Friedzim. So potentially a uh, Judge Maya, uh, Katerina Alexandrova third round match. That's not too bad. Cosiareto versus Simona Walter straight out of a 250 in Lausanne or something like that. Or like Belgrade or something, you know? Disgusting, man. Winner faces either Bernardo Pera or Donna Vekic. I'm not liking this top. Yeah, this top half, man, the matches are so bad. All of these players are so fucking bad. Donna Vekic, Bernardo Pera, that's decent. I hope Donna Vekic wins. Or else it's just I'm sick, you know? And Kosciuretto, I'm curious to see. I mean, look, Kosciuretto, like, she can make... Kosciuretto can make the quarterfinal, if I'm being serious. She can beat Walter. She can beat either Para or Vekic. Oh, no, no, sorry. Maybe the fourth round only. Yeah, sorry. I jumped the gun a little bit. Sorry. And that is all. We only had a few matches today so that is all we know so far in the top half of the draw but worry not tomorrow uh <laughs> the rest of the matches will be done and then we can revisit this tomorrow and see what's good okay 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 now on to the aforementioned tomorrow okay so tomorrow starting with mira and driva versus alison risk alison risk uh you know, briefly known as Alison Risk Armitrage, but looks like now she has just reverted back to Alison Risk. And don't ask me why I pronounce that as if she's uh, Brazilian, but that's just how I speak. Okay. Um, so Alison Risk gets the pleasure of facing Mira and Driva in the first round. Um, like I, like I said earlier, Mira and Driva at the moment she's that girl. You know every. Every so often or at any point of the season, really, there's always that one youngster that is the apple of everyone's eye, pretty much. And at the moment, it's Mira Andriva. Uh Did incredible in Madrid. Don't ask me why I pronounce that like a Brazilian or, or a Portuguese as well. And, you know, made it through qualies, beat Osorio Serrano, incredible stuff. And this is her first ever main draw match at a slam against an experienced player in Alison Risk who is in very shocking form but honestly she's like she can be good Alison Risk right that's no secret like she's competent she's certainly capable maybe now distracted with her new marriage or just you know maybe she's a bit washed but Mira Andriva, I'm, I'm not saying to bet Alison Risk here at all. 
But Miran Drivas a, a six and a half game favorite for a 16 year old playing their first ever match at a slam. She's minus 1800 and minus six and a half games. Is she playing against my cousin? What is this? That is called public perception. Those lines and odds are not a reflection of actual win probability. But it's purely based on public perception. Nothing else. Mira Andriva is apparently now the best player in the world. And Alison Risk is a washed up married woman. Public perception. Annalina. Kalanina versus Dan Perry. Dan Perry, wildcard. Dan Perry last year was one of the French players to watch out for. One of the one of the uh, young French... Uh, I'm not going to say young French girls because it sounds really bad. I don't know why, but that particular sentence, young French girls, just sounds really, really bad. So I'm just going to say a young French woman to watch out for. Or the next WTA French player to watch out for. Um, that was last year at the French. This year, she's garbage. Like, I mean, sorry, one year later, she's garbage. She's been horrific for pretty much since last year. Um, and she's against the witch, Annalina Kalanina, who was forced to retire last uh, we saw of her in the Rome final against Elena Rybakina. Um That's a disgusting match. Like, disgusting. Like, I don't know how this is minus four and a half for Kalanina, but Andriva is minus six and a half. Kalanina, honestly, should be minus eight and a half. And Mira Andriva, minus two and a half, honestly, if I was being fair and had to make proper, reasonable lines that actually reflect proper, like, you know, win probability and sort of, you know, making a fair handicap. But anyway, Rebecca Peterson versus Fiona Farrow. Again, this is a very disgusting match. This top half of the draw is revolting. First three matches, we've already had to talk about Alison Risk, Annalena Kalanina, Rebecca Peterson, and Fiona Farrow. And Diane Perry. Did I say Diane Perry? Five of the first six players we're talking about are disgusting. And the sixth is a 16-year-old player playing her first ever match at a slam. What is this top half? Rebecca Peterson, by the way, just last week in Strasbourg lost to Bronzetti in the first round, I believe. Um, that loss looks less bad now because Bronzetti went on to win the title. Uh, Fiona Farrow, this is very possibly also her last match ever at the French Open. Um, you know, experienced player. She took a break briefly. Now she's back, but I think she's just about done. Rebecca Peterson, minus 165. Honestly, if I was like a sadist or someone who didn't have feelings, or if I was a robot, like if I was a bot, I would bet that. Like chat GPT or whatever those fucking weirdos do with the AI and shit. Like if they had to like place bets, they'd bet Rebecca Peterson tomorrow at minus 165 for sure. Next, Xin Yu Wang versus Marie Bushkova. 
Honestly, very nice match. Uh, very uh, interesting styles. Marie Bushkova on the clay just runs, 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 pushes you, returns everything, pushes the fuck out of you. Shinya Wang can do the same, but is also uh, a bit devastating and can finish off points. Um, so this will be interesting. Um, kind of leaning towards the over 20 and a half here, which is, uh, I think, a perfect number. It's just, I like that. I like that a lot. Now, Bronzetti was fortunate enough after her title run in Rabat just last week, her first ever WTA Tour title, now level with uh, Maria Sakkari. Marie Bush, uh, sorry, Marie Bushkova. Lucia Bronzetti is plus 340 against Ons Jabor. Is that worth some coin? Do you like my language? Am I a finance bro yet? ChatGBT does all my homework, bro. Yeah, dude. It's so sick, dude. Sorry. I just uh, I just couldn't resist. Sorry. Yeah, I don't know. I mean, it's very square and obvious, but it's very bettable. Because, I mean, Onshibur last year, first round of the French, lost to Magdalene. So I kind of want to go back to that, well, you know, first round Onshibur fade. Uh, and Brunzetti honestly was playing well. Um, but I think it's like a Rabat thing, because the previous year in Rabat, she also uh, was incredible, made the semis, lost to Trevisan. Like, you know what I mean? Like, really, maybe it is just a Rabat thing. Like, I don't I don't think, like, she's like, oh, dude, she's going to be tired, she's spent, you know. I, I don't think that's it. I just think, like, she was good there. That's my only, like, sort of counter-argument to playing Bronzetti. But Unstjabor, as we all know, not in her finest moments at the moment. Um, not in the best shape, no momentum or rhythm. Yeah, I'm Jamaican. I gotta stop. I don't know what's wrong with me. I mean, I, I need to chill. Anyway, Bronzetti plus 340. It's worth maximum one unit, I think. Maximum. Okay, minimum zero. But maximum definitely one. Next, Olga Danilovic versus Katarina Kozlova-Bendel. Now... <sighs> Olga Danilovic a qualifier, of course. Now, I said to myself, I'm going to fade Olga Danilovic for the rest of my life, or at least for the next two to three years. As long as her opponent is minus 200 or better. But I think I'm going to have to sort of go back on my word here and, and choose to not do that. Just because I have no faith in Katarina Kozlova Bendel, who's definitely washed up and beyond her years, but you gotta respect her grind and dedication to her craft. I don't know. I just have no faith. And and Danilovic bet against her three times in qualies and she tore me up. So I don't think I just don't think I wanna do that again. So I don't I don't wanna go through that again. Seriously. Maybe she wins here and then we get a proper chance to fade her, you know, four match win streak, second round. Oh, she's playing well. I hope I hope she stomps, actually. So we can get a nice line, maybe, in her next match. Maybe, yeah, that's... You know, buy low, sell high type shit. Faux show. Okay. Selena... This is probably the only name in tennis that I can't pronounce. Selena Janisijevic. Yani... Janisijevic. Versus Ossian Dona. I'm going to go ahead and bet tomorrow for one unit, Selena Yanni Sijevic against Ossian Luna. 
O sea, Duda, I think she's she's done. Uh, both Frenchies. Is that is is it okay to call them Frenchie? Is that a slur? Anyway, I'm gonna be betting the wild card, Selena Yanni Sijevich for plus one forty tomorrow for one unit maximum. Rebecca Masarova versus Coco Goff. If you remember earlier this year, Coco Goff won the Auckland Grand Slam. That was for for you know for all Coco Goff fans and believers, and I think for Coco Goff herself and most definitely her parents, uh, it was as if she won a Grand Slam, where actually she won. A ba the baby food of all baby food tournaments in Auckland, New Zealand. A two a baby food two. You, do you hear what I'm saying? A baby food two fifty in Auckland, New Zealand. And it was treated like she won a slam. This girl Coco Goff, and in that final she beat Rebecca Masarova. Of course, then it was hard on uh, outdoor hard. Uh, now on clay. Um, you know, the same people who hyped up that Auckland title as if it was a slam. Uh, also, when clay season comes along, uh, refer to Coco Goff as Coco Clay. Or Clay Coco. I don't know how it goes. Or or Clay Clayco. Or C Coco Clay. Some, they have a very quote-unquote clever name. Um for Coco Goff and and she she disgusts me I, I'm just gonna say that I, I just cannot with her at all um but I'm not gonna fade I just want nothing to do with her please thank you now this is very interesting Linda Noskova is only huh only minus 140 against Danka Kovinic um I think that's very interesting um Danka Kovinic again, like just one of those like she's such a wild card, like like anything can happen type player. Like so much so that at the US Open, I bet her to beat Serena Williams last year. I, yeah, I said it. Yeah, I, I said it. I did it. I said it. Like she should change her name to anything can happen. Like her name should no longer be Danko Kovinic. They should change her name to Anything Can. Last name happen. Anything can happen. Anything can happen. Okay, sorry, change that. Change her first name to Anything. And her last name to Can, can Happen. That has a great ring to it. Anything can happen. That is her new name. From now on. Listen to me carefully. From now on. Danka Kovinic will be known as and referred to as anything can happen. So if we look at anything can happen, if we look at their last few matches, in Rome they retired down to Barbora Krujikova 6-2-4-1, but beat Bronzetti in three sets in the first round. And Madrid beat Sarai Rani 6-4-6-love in the first round and lost to also Krijikova in the second round. So I guess in Rome, she, she got tired of it and just lost. Wow. Um, but yeah, won a, a ITF tournament. Uh, some, some baby food uh, ITF tournament with actually a lot of decent players from what I'm seeing actually playing there. 
Dodin, Bouchard, Bushkova, Soriba Stormo, and Masarova. Those are the players she beats on the way to the title. What, what kind of Grand Slam is this, Santarem? This was a IT. Oh, okay, okay. This was the. Oh, okay. That was that tournament in Portugal that fucking Jose Morgado wouldn't shut up about. Oeras or whatever. Oeras, whatever it's called. Okay, that was a IT. Okay, so it's like a men's challenger, but a woman's ITF or futures. And okay, well, she won that not so long ago on the clay. Uh, anything can happen. Um, against Noskova, that line is so interesting. And kind of fishy, I must say. Uh, Noskova's recent results. Oh my god, that's right. She lost to Diane Parry in the Paris 125k just last week. Diane Parry she lost to. The girl who I don't think has won a match all year. Diane Parry. Yeah, that's bad. That's really bad. Then in Rome got rocked by Lynette. Yeah, I remember that. I totally remember that. Okay. Well, uh, that line makes a bit more sense now. You're just sort of putting that into perspective. If anything, it's a Dunka. Uh, it's a sorry. It's a anything can happen bet. But since you know anything can happen, most of their matches, anything can happen. So I'm just gonna pass. Thank you. Can't believe I spent so much time talking about anything can happen. But yeah. <clears throat> Here's a match that I'm definitely not going to spend a lot of time talking about. Arangsta Roos versus Julia Grabher. How the fuck? How the fuck are all these matches so bad? Like, how? How is that even possible? Like, I thought tomorrow would be better than today. This is just as bad so far. What are these matches? What are these matches? These matches are so bad. Just play rock, paper, scissors. Why Why do you have to play tennis for two hours? Come on. Come on. Oh, for fuck's sake, man. Unbelievable. Next, Zulin versus Lauren Davis. Zulin, who we haven't seen anything of since uh, the Australian Open. And then Thailand, where she won Hua Hin, The Hua Hin Slam. Uh, the 250 there. Um... Previously played very well in Tokyo. So in France, not too sure how she'd do there. Uh, but I th I'm leaning towards a Lauren Davis in straights here. What do you think? Minus 270, money line in a parlay maybe? I think that looks really good for us. I don't think Zulin's played a match since R Rafa Nadal retired. Oh, sorry, where is that? Lauren Davis, just last week, uh, Strasbourg, we know that, lost to Blinkovo, bad loss, I must say. Um, Zulin, oh, she played Madrid, and Miami, and Indian Wells, and lost in all three tournaments in the first round. Uh, in Indian Wells, she lost 6-4, 6-3 to Serenko. In Miami, she lost 6-4, 6-2 to Mukovo. And then in Madrid, she lost to Rebecca Marino, 7-6, 6-4. Uh, and then in Rome, she just uh, withdrew after the draw. So I think Zulin in straights is a... Sorry, Lauren Davis in straights is a really good bet for sure. I can't believe she's only minus 270. Wow. Wow. 
Okay, Clara Burel versus Sara Suribas Tormo. Now, I'm done with the Clara Burel stuff. I love Clara Burel. She's a, one of those little French women. Imagine I said little French girls. How bad would that have sounded? She's one of those very little, petite uh, tennis players that I'm obsessed with. Yeah, I said it. But she's a woman, not a little girl. Why Why do I even say that? Like, why did I have to say that? Anyway. Um, sorry, let me let me snap out of it. I'm, I'm done just sort of like blindly like tailing her and, and believing in her. Because what she did against Vitalina, it doesn't look so bad now. That, you know, she won the title. She came to the French. She won, she beats Vitalina. Um, doesn't look too bad now. But Sara Suiba's Tormo, man. That woman is a fucking demon, and I just, I get, once again, I want, just, I want nothing to do with her or her matches, respectfully. So, I'm just gonna move on. Much like Elisabetta Cosiretto, Jasmine Paulini, that is a tough fucking first round match for anyone. I feel so fucking bad for Sori Kirsteo. Her draws are always the worst. Always so tough. Her, Mukova, Ostapenko. Always the toughest draws all the fucking time. So consistent with that shit. I don't even know how. I mean, Jasmine Paulini, like, some could say, like, I mean, it could be much worse. No, it, no, it, no, it fucking can't. The only way it could be worse is if it was Elisabetta Cosierretto. That's the only way. So what's good with these Italians? Ah, Italians. My God, I feel so bad. Once again, I want nothing to do with Jasmine Paulini in any of her tennis matches, if you can even call them that. But I'm good. Seriously, I'm good. Best of luck to Sori Kirste. I wish her all the best. I wish the same thing doesn't happen to her as it did to Petra Kvitova. Amen. Elena Rabakina versus Brenda Fruvitova. Elena Rabakina plays her opening match of the tournament tomorrow. All eyes on her. I'm very excited for that one. Minus six and a half, under 18 and a half, over under 18 and a half, sorry, uh, are the lines. I think... Wow, this is going to sound really bad. If you like seeing little girls get beat up, then you can be bet under 18 and a half, uh, which is what I'm going to do. I think that's worth a stab. I think she's going to... Bury this girl in the ground. Why do I keep? Why do I keep doing that? Why do I have to keep saying that? That's clever, though. I got to give myself credit for that. That was clever. That was actually awfully clever. Yeah, I like that though. Eleanor Bakken under eighteen half versus Fravitova. Yep, 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 yep. Iga Shvantec also playing her opening match of the tournament on a Tuesday um, against Christina Buxa, which is, I think, if my Memory serves me right, as becoming a very frequent sort of matchup for Iga Shvantec in uh, at Slams, I think. I think the Aussie Open, they also met in the early rounds. Um, now, I would just like to add, before I say anything, that uh, Christina Buxa, I've seen her play like Maria Sharapova. I've seen her play like Michael Jordan. I've seen her run around the court like Usain Bolt. 
I've seen her serve like John Isner. I've seen her play at the net like her name was Roger Federer. But against Iga Świątek? She's just Christina Buxo. And I fucking hate that. That's all I'm gonna say. Next. Erica Andriva, the older of the Andriva sisters. Um, versus Emma Navarro. Emma Navarro very quickly becoming one of the players on my sh sort of shit list or blacklist or do not bet list or I don't want to see you on my TV screen and I don't want to be involved in any of your matches list. Um, Erica Andriva plus 235 is very, very tempting for a maximum one unit. But like I said, you know, here we go. Vika, Victoria Azarenka. Versus B.B. Andreescu. Mm -mm -mm. A very good uh, first round match. And sort of saves the day. In the sense that all the other matches are garbage. To look at their heads ahead. They've never met before. And I would just like to comment. I know it's so relevant. But they both look so sexy. And their Nike kits. That's all I wanted to say. I hope um, they're not wearing the same exact kit tomorrow. Like the same combination. Because that's just really weird. And I know, I know, I, I don't mean anything by this, but I know that girls hate that. Like, oh my god, she's wearing the same dress as me. I know they fucking hate that. Guys... If, 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 if two guys see each other at a club or at a party or wherever, at a restaurant, and they're both wearing the same shirt, they're both going to laugh. They're going to they're gonna become best friends for life. If two guys see, see a total stranger in public wearing the same shirt as them, they are best friends for life. Yo, give me your number. We got to do this again. Let's meet up sometime. But two girls... Wearing the same dress? For, oh my god. Doosh. As far as this match goes, Vika, her recent performances, nothing very inspiring. I think she withdrew in her last tournament. Didn't even play, but like withdrew like mid-tournament, if I recall correctly. Yes, she did. In Rome, she beat Sloane Stevens in the first round. 6-4, 6-3. And then was scheduled to play Keys in the second round and just withdrew. Okay, and then the previous week in Madrid, she lost to Alicia Parks in straights. Yep. Bibi Andriscu, she had that very uh, horrific injury in Miami. Was it Miami? Yeah, against Alexandrova. Um, but she actually returned uh, pretty quickly, a lot sooner than a lot of people suspected. Played against Xinyu Wang in Madrid, lost in three sets. And in Rome, played against Vondrusova, lost 6-love, six 6-1. Six so, like, she's back, like, physically. Like, presently, she's back. But she's not really back, you know? But on the other hand, Vika doesn't seem to be... Uh, in fittest of shapes either or in the finest of forms uh, 
So, I think this one's just going to be a pass. Because maybe it's just worth a watch, right? Yeah. In Albon qualifier versus Claire Liu. Or Claire Liu, as I, I have been told it's pronounced. Um, I was, once upon a time, very high on Claire Liu. I still kind of am, but it's I don't think this is her surface. Uh, I love her style, clearly you. I love the way she plays. Uh, very smart, calculated, controlled aggression, which I like to see. Big margins. Um, she's not the fittest, fastest, or most athletic, which is definitely her biggest uh, sort of weakness or liability, I guess. Um, her, her fitness and just her uh, endurance. The shape that she's in. I, I don't know why I keep having to make it worse for myself. Like, like I, I keep just adding, like, I'm just making, I, I do this on purpose almost. It's like self-destructive. Um, okay, now lastly, uh, Petra Martic. Petra Isner, as uh, we were uh, introduced to, uh, Petra Isner in Madrid versus Shelby Rogers. Man, even the, even the matches that feature some good players, like, they're just so bad. Like, how can they all be so bad? Like, even the ones that could be good are bad. You know? Like, even the ones that feature, like, two decent players are still bad. Like, it's just... It's like the matchups. It's not even, like, the players. Well, some of it, it's just the players, but it's like the matchups are all so bad. Like, these are bad matches. But this one could be good. I mean, it's not as bad as fucking Julia Grabher versus Arangsta Rus. Come on. Honestly, don't tell anyone I said this. I love Shelby Rogers. That's not the part that I'm ashamed of. But I also think... Like, I mean, I mean, you can tell people that I love Shelby Rogers. That's fine. That's no secret. But don't tell anybody this. I think, like Madison Keys, she can only play in the U.S. And that's, like, one of my concerns. Um, she lost to Noskova in a in, uh, really ugly fashion a few weeks ago. She was uh, up a set 6-4, lost the second set 6-1. And then was up 4-1 in the decider and lost 4-6. That's not really good. And in Madrid, she was up a break against Shelby Rogers. Uh, sorry, <laughs> Shelby Rogers was up a break against Irina Camila Bigu. I think 5-3 or 5-4. And then she lost 5-7. Second set, she lost 6-2. She lost the straights there. Um, so both players not in their... You know, finest sort of forms. Petra Martic, of course, was Petra Isner in Madrid. Just the first three matches, though. Beat Lora Schigman in straights. Beat Kalinskaya in three sets. Beat Kruzhikova in straights. Faced Iga Świątek. She turned into Kristina Buxa. My theory was she ran out of drugs. Uh, her supplements that she was taking, the they ran out. The evidence, she went to Rome, played a tennis match against Maria Camilo Osorio Serrano, lost in the straights. So both players, that's what I mean. The matchups are kind of kind of iffy. 
Um, as far as the head to head goes, Martic leads the head to head 2 and 1. One of those matches being played on clay, Martic won from a set down 5 7 6 3 6 4. That was in Rome two years ago. Last year in Wimbledon, Petro Martic won 6 2 7 6. Two years ago at the Aussie Open, or sorry, in Melbourne, one of them warm up tournaments, Shelby won her one and only meeting against Petro Martic 7 6 6 3. I think it's a yucky one. This is one I'd usually bet, but just given the, their current form. And, you know, Petra Martic, like, did she find her supplier again? Is she back on the pills? Can Shelby Rogers uh, fucking finally perform outside the United States or something like It's just too, it's too, uh, it's too much for me. I don't want to be a part of it. I don't want to deal with it. Okay. So let us breeze through the matches uh, again so fast and, like, just uh, spit some picks, quick fire style, or maybe some comments if if there if there's no play on the matches that I like. Okay, Mira Andriva, Alison Risk minus six and a half. I think is way too much, but there's no way we bet Alison Risk, right? Annalina Kalanina, how is she only minus four and a half? Question mark. Rebecca Peterson minus one sixty five. If I was Chat GPT or a bot or or a robot with no soul. I would put all of my money on Rebecca Peterson minus 165 against Fiona Farrow. But I'm not, so I won't. Marie Bushkova, Shinya Wank, I like over 29.5 a lot. Bronzetti plus 340. It's worth a bet against Unchebor, but I just think she's a Rabat hit wonder. Not a, like She's a one-hit wonder, but just like she's she can only play in Rabat. I think, I think that's what it is, really. But let's find out if it, that's true or not. Okay, because this is winnable, I would say. Against Unsupor, Unsupor last year in the first round lost to Magdalenet. Magdalenet was plus 800. One of my biggest wins last year. Very proud of that moment. Yes, sir. Olga Danilovic, I would love to. I would love for her to win so I can fade the fuck out of her next round. I hope she wins 6 love, 6 love. Selena Yanni Sijevic, I hope I'm saying that right. I will learn it, I promise. Plus 140 against Ossian Dodin is definitely worth a bet, in my opinion. Rebecca Masarova versus Coco Goff, no thank you. Linda Noskova versus Anything Can Happen, no thank you. Arang Sarus versus Julia Grabber, no thanks. Ah, this one is uh, this one we actually missed. We didn't uh, get a chance to talk about this at all. Uh, Lesia Tsurenko versus Barbora Krejcikova. I'm going Barbora Krajikova here in straight sets, I think. Or minus four and a half games. That's so good. Too much uh, Lesia Tsurenko respect here. Lesia Tsurenko is the queen of qualifiers and first and second round matches of baby food 250s. She's like the Elise Mertens of the 250s. You know what I mean? Like Elise Mertens, like top 20 for Lesia Tsurenko, it's like top 80. Like she'll beat anyone, any anyone outside the top eighty, but if you're inside the top eighty, you're playing like you belong in the top eighty. She'll lose to all of you. Mm-hmm. So yeah, wow. What about maybe something like Barbora Krajikova, Lauren Davis in a parlay, and then you just put all your money there? Wow. Did I just say that? Wow. Okay, moving on. Speaking of Lauren Davis versus Zhu Lin. Definitely think Lauren Davis is being extremely undervalued here. Minus 
uh, minus four, four and a half games, straight sets win, or minus 270 in parlay, all good options. Clara Burel, tempted to see her play in France. Honestly, in my opinion, she is the most promising young French woman or up-and-coming French WTA player. You see there, I didn't say it. Um, but I think Stana Suriba's Storm was just too much of a menace for her. Just a no, yeah, Ugh. ugly. Sorry, Cristeo, I said a quick prayer for her already earlier. Playing against Jasmine Paulini is just as bad, maybe worse, maybe not as bad, actually, as playing against Elisabetta Cosireto. Just ask Petra Kvitseva what that feels like. Sorry, Cristeo, Loki has been playing a lot of tennis recently, so I hope she's not gassed. But I hope she can make something happen against Jasmine Paulini. That is a very tough first-round match. I'm, I swear, I'm not even joking. If I'm, if you call Sorry Cristeo right now and ask her, would you rather play against Rabakino or Jasmine Paulini in the first round? She will answer Elena Rabakino without... She won't even blink. Not even a... St sh no. She'll answer like that. Rabakina versus Fruvitova under 18 and a half. I think it's gonna be abusive. Mm -hmm. I think Elena Rabakina is gonna make a statement. I think against Brenda Fruvitova. Iga Shiontek versus Christina Buxa. Okay, next. Erica Andriva versus Emma Navarro. Very tempted to bet uh, Erica Andriva plus 235, but Emma Navarro is this close. To being on my blacklist, my no bet list, the uh, Sarah Suribas Tormor, Daria Kastkino, Jasmine Paulini list. Uh, so I actually might bet Erica Andrivo, and if it loses, then yeah, 100% Emma Navarro is on that list, no question about it. Won't even have to think about it for next time. Next, Vika versus uh, Andriscu. Match of the day, but unfortunately, can't bet it. Uh, Vika's minus 200, minus three, three and a half games. Um, yeah, just uh, no, both unfit out of form yeah thank you no clearly you versus in Albon. um ugly ugly matchup uh clearly you a bit too expensive to play straight she's minus 155 but you know maybe maybe uh and lastly petra marches versus shelby rogers just no thank you uh, like I said, uh, too many question marks. Uh, can Shelby Rogers perform outside the U.S.? Did Petra Martic uh, contact her supplier once again from Madrid? It's too much. I don't want to deal with it. Okay? So, that is all for tomorrow. I hope it's a lot better than uh, today was. I feel like it can only get better. Right? Yeah. This has been The Safe Space. Thank you so much for listening. As always... Best of luck to us, and I'll see you guys tomorrow.